There I am. That's a good way to start a new show. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike here, and it is time for a brand new venture here on the OBR. It's time to do something different on Monday nights. It is time mm -hmm. for OBR Unscripted. Super excited for this new concept that Andrew and I have come up with. OBR Unscripted Monday nights, where we're going to just be able to let loose a little bit, where we're going to go out and be able, yeah, look, Philly said I just ruined it. Listen, I'm paranoid because I'm in a hotel, as you can see. It's a nice hotel, Mike. It is. And it's fine, but the internet, I'm always worried about internet connection in the hotel. So we're going to do what we can. But here's the concept. It's going to be me. It's going to be my buddy, Andrew Spade. Find him online at Andrew Spade. And listen, with the OBR, you're going to get some of the best, most in-depth, uh, crazy coverage that you're going to get of the Browns and of football out there here on Monday nights, we're going to let loose a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. And we're going to, it is going to be a Brown centered show, but we're going to get outside of that a little bit. We're going to talk about like tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs and kind of how it pertains to the Browns. We're going to talk about some things that maybe don't even pertain to football or the Browns unscripted is where we just, we throw the script out the window. And we say, listen, we're going to talk about whatever's going on right now, whatever comes up in our head. Sometimes we're going to argue about things. Sometimes we're going to agree about things. But every single time, we're going to have a good time. So uh, this is OBR Unscripted. Andrew, I'm, I'm excited for this. Welcome to the first Unscripted. Thank you, Mike. It's uh, it's great to be with you. Um, uh, and I just want to, like, just right off the bat, let's kind of set the tone for this. Paul Spencer asks, uh, like you normally hold back. And normally I would ignore that comment and just move on. But now... I'm pointing it out to say, Paul, shut up. Let's go. That's what you do no. without a script. Sometimes you just you yell at your fans. Paul, there's been a couple times where I've wanted to tell you. I, this isn't one. That's not one time where I want to tell Paul to shut up. I don't want to tell him that. Well, and that's, that's a good and that's comment. Look at Jared Turnwall. So you're saying it's going to get weird in here. Exactly. Look at Andrew looks like he is murdering people in that basement. Nonstop. <laughs> it's been like four months. Nobody's caught me yet. It's always weird. It's always weird yep. in here. No, we're going to have a good time. Again, we're going to talk a lot of football. We're going to talk a lot about the Browns. Look at Evan Joseph over here. Subscribing 13 months in a row. Shout out to Evan Joseph. Uh, but yeah, listen, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a good time. And, and the thing I'm going to start with here, Andrew, on our first ever episode yep. of Unscripted, I do want to get it into the Browns, but I, I think before we do that, I think it's appropriate to start with what's going on in the NFL right now. We are we are on to a AFC and NFC Championship weekend. That's it's right. hard to believe. Yeah, we've got we've got the 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 everything that happened this last weekend. I want to kind of break it down because mm -hmm. we had some some blowouts mm -hmm. and some we we had some wild situations happen. But I want to keep it in house to start. I want to keep it in division to start. Andrew, when you watch what the Cincinnati Bengals did, yeah. To the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Listen, I picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. I thought the Buffalo Bills were going to be the team of destiny, especially after what happened to DeMar Same Hamlin. Same. And they were they were emotional. And yep. I thought they were going to take it. Yeah. And Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals defense walked into Buffalo on a snowy night. Look at this. Look at that picture. Mm. Mm. And they dominated the Buffalo Bills. They dominated them. I yeah, that really I did not see this coming whatsoever correct yeah um i i think it was a surprise i think it was a surprise to a lot of people i mean sean mcdermott uh seemed surprised he said after the game that he got out coached and when you say that after a divisional playoff game 
um, when when your team entered the season as the you know the Super Bowl favorites. I mean, they weren't large Super Bowl favorites, but they were Super Bowl favorites. When you say you got out coached in a playoff game, it, it as the favorite, it doesn't feel great. I, I think if if I if you know, I mean, Browns fans and Bills fans have always had, I think, a little bit of a special connection because of the suffering, right? And if I was a, I, I can put myself in their shoes. If I was a Bills fan this morning, I would feel pretty rotten because it wasn't just like that they had another wide right or whatever, where it was a last second could have gone either way. They didn't have a chance to win that game. And it, that's pretty alarming when you consider it was in their place. And, um, you know, they were, they, they were what, five and a half, six point favorites uh, before game, the game. So it, yeah, an upset and one that wasn't particularly close. Listen, the comments are already off like crazy. You guys are awesome. Uh, we want you to stay in the comments, but something that's going on, Andrew, I want to I want to know your take on this. I saw this yeah. on social media, I think today even. Uh, one of the questions on social media that was going around today was, if you're a die, if you consider yourself to be a diehard Browns fan, right? And that's, yeah. hi, we're here on the OBR. Yeah. Hello. I don't know what the hell we're even doing with our lives half the right. time. We right. are diehard Browns fans, and you and I dive mm. in as much as we can, and there are people that dive in way deeper, way right. deeper. right. The question was, if you're a diehard Browns fan, is it appropriate? Look at these comments. Mr. Yeah. Rollup says, I'm so sick of seeing the Bengals win. Larry, yep. oh, barf face. Yeah. Yep. But on the other side, you got Paul saying, I wish I could hate the Bengals, but I can't because Burrow is such a likable guy. Is it Pretty sure is it appropriate for – can a Browns fan at this point in the in the playoffs root for the Bengals? Is that is that appropriate? Um, well, you know, I don't like to police people's fandom. I will, I'll say that off the top. Um, I, you know, if that's if you... what we do here, that's what we do. Here. We police <laughs> your fandom. I like, police. I mean, I, I, I think, um, you know, I understand, like I, I, well, okay. I'll say this. I wouldn't be cool with anybody rooting for the Steelers in the playoffs. And I, I wouldn't be cool with anybody rooting for the Ravens. So the Bengals are kind of the one team in the division where I think there's a little bit of leeway, right? Because they're an Ohio team. They've also been, um, suffering for a long time. Uh, and so there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of camaraderie in that. Right. But that being said, I, I was not rooting for the Bengals and I generally don't, I did root for them in the Super Bowl against the Rams. I know. I, I the, the thing is like, if you go to like, if you go to like college sports, right. Yeah. I, I never root for the team in the conference of the team that I'm a fan of. Right. Like I, I don't ever, I know people are like, I want Michigan to win so that Ohio State and Michigan play each other. Right. I don't. I want Michigan to lose every game. I, mm. I want them to lose every game. Yeah. I, again, my I went to Texas A and M. I want I want Alabama to lose every game. They don't do that. They never right. do that. But right. I want them to lose all the time. It was a couple of years ago, maybe before Joe Burrow, whatever it was. LSU was terrible. I wanted them to mm -hmm. lose every game. Uh, yeah. I I'm with you. I, I'm interested. I, I wonder what it would be like if there was like a real likable dude that was like, I know Ben Roethlisberger was from Ohio, but like a, a dude from Cleveland, real likable guy. <laughs> yeah, he had one half. Mitch Trubisky's not that guy. Right. Right. But uh, it is. No, if like, Joe Burrow I, was a Steeler, basically, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine Joe Burrow gets drafted by the Steelers. Right. He's the most likable dude. Yeah. And I it get it, Manimal. Manimal. Once, you on, once you put on the black and yellow, it's over. Ma Manimal makes a great point. Bengals fans trash Cleveland. They do. They do trash Cleveland all the time. But, but the Joe Burrow, I just want to root for Joe Burrow. Yeah. I, I like Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. There's there's a weird thing, though. The Bengals, here, here's a great dichotomy discussion, Andrew. Okay. The Bengals 
have gone from that team. Remember when the Bengals were good, but terribly unlikable. The Vontae's perfect years, right? Yeah. The, the, the Pac-Man Joan years. It, yeah. They were so unlikable. Yep. Right now, when you look at the Browns and the Bengals, I even know. as a Browns fan, yeah, the, the Bengals have this very likable team, right? Mm-hmm. They have got this very likable Joe Burrow. You got to like Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase is a likable guy. There's a lot of likable guys on this team. The Cleveland Browns. And did you see the thing they're doing where they're taking game balls to like local bars? After yes. Back from, I mean, come on. That's like. That's me right there. That that's takes, me in a nutshell. It takes sports <laughs> pandering to a whole nother level, right? When you've got athletes showing up at, at watering holes, at establishments. I bought all the way in, Andrew. I bought all the way in on that. So I don't know, man. I they're very likable, yeah. and and as a Browns fan, I it's hard to like my own team right now. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just imagining Baker Mayfield walking into a, some some bar <laughs> in Parma <laughs> after uh, after beat after beating the Steelers. Somebody hits him in the head with a pierogi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was the toast of the town back then, but yeah, I, I it's a different it's a different thing now. I mean, I think yeah, like if they yeah if they beat the beat the Bengals on that Monday nighter and then started hitting the bars. Be like, why are you guys three and five? Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, there's just something. To, there's also just something about the Bengals that because they've dealt with the suffering sort of yeah. right. The Bengals yeah. haven't been good in ages. Right. I mean, they've been good. They've been quote unquote good. They had the Carson Palmer years and they were good, but they were never Super Bowl good. Right. They always made it to the playoffs and lost. So, yeah, that, that maybe there's some part of it that's sympathetic to Browns fans because they haven't even made it. Uh, you know, the, the Super Bowl they made last year was the first one they made since they played the Niners. And what what year was that? Like '89? Yeah, it was in the '80s. I I, w- I will say that I think that the sympathy uh, and that sort of stuff is drying up real quick because uh, if you know if, if they make the, I mean, either the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. This is two years in a row now. So I mean, when you're playing them next year, it's very clear that the AFC North goes through them. So, uh, you know, that changes things quickly, right? I mean, I, I remember I remember liking the Chiefs. There was a, you know, I was happy for them when they Alex Smith had those years and Andy Reid was kind of proving he could do it outside of Philadelphia and then all of a sudden they got this scrappy young quarterback Patrick Mahomes and it's like, "Oh man, that's cool." And I mean, they're still fun to watch, but there's not one part of me that likes them at all. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't like it's not like I like I will certainly be I I I think I think I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. Like as a rooting interest fan, yeah. Are you going to be rooting for the Chiefs? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think probably uh, just because, yeah. I, I mean, I, Paul's got the right the right point there. I, I think probably I, I'll root for the Chiefs, but it's one of those where I won't care that much. Like I'll I'll be rooting for a, a close game. Is really all I'll be rooting for. I think that's my problem with the Bengals, Andrew. Yeah, is I don't care that much about the Bengals, and that that, that's frustrating because they're a divisional team. Yeah, they're supposed to be a rival, right? But if the Bengals win against the Chiefs, I'm gonna be like, cool, right? Look what the Bengals did; they went back to the Super Bowl, and for crying out loud, they win the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna be like the Bengals, you know, like when the Steelers or the Ravens win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I'm on the fourth floor of this hotel. I'd rather hurl myself out of this window. I'm looking out right now. Oh my God, the Steelers and the Ravens. And I've had to watch it too much in my life, way too right. much in my life. Right. It seems to happen all the time. Since he wins the Super Bowl, I'm like, oh, you know, cool. Yeah. Joe, Joey, Joey, cool down there won the Super Bowl. Well, I- that, and that was kind of the logic of rooting for the Bills, right? Is that they, the Browns aren't in the playoffs this year. So the Bills right. get their championship. 
and then that's that's like taken care of. The same logic applies for the Bengals. Like they can they can get one this year. I just don't want them to ever get another one. I know. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. I think there's like there's teams like that in all of sports, right? You got like Guardians fans, and it's like to me like when the Royals won the World Series. What was that? Twenty fifteen. Right. I was like, right. oh. That's cool. The Royals won the World Series. Yeah. How about I wasn't that? mad about it. They want to. If they would have won again the next year, I'd have been pissed. Right. Like you got your one. Nice, nice job. You, you did right. it. But yeah, I don't know. So, so that, like, has, have the Bengals? Here we are. What is this year three of Joe Burrow? Was that right? Yeah, that's right. Have they solidified themselves, Andrew? Are is this? Is this weekend okay? So let's talk about this. How big is this weekend? This game against the Kansas City Chiefs, who the Bengals have beat, I believe, three straight times now. That's correct. How big is this game if the Bengals beat the Chiefs after they've mm. just taken care of the Bills? Yeah, are the Bengals the the cream of the crop in the AFC? I think they're close. I think that it's getting to that time, right? Because they dismantled the Bills, <clears throat> and um, you know, I think there'll be a, there'll always be a disclaimer with this one because the the Chiefs, you know, I mean, Pat Mahomes is hurt. He's hurt, hurt. So that's an issue. But, um, you know, they're, they're definitely going to lay claim to that because, you know, I think the thing about the Bengals right now is they don't really have a weakness. Uh, you know, it used to be that their running game wasn't that good and the defense, especially the secondary, was iffy. Right now they're playing like a team without a weakness. It, it's, it's yeah, and, and that's what they do. It's, it's like they have to kind of find their way there throughout the course of the year. Yeah. Once they find it, Good luck. It's it. You know, it, when I left last season, they go to the Super Bowl. I get done with last season. I think you know what? That was a great run for the Bengals. They were very cute. That defense is never going to do that again, right? And here we are in the playoffs, and that defense is doing it again. Better. They're doing it again and better. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That defensive front yeah. dominated. Yeah. Against the Buffalo Bills. They were yeah, in Josh answer. Allen's grill one yeah. second after a snap. Yeah. I, I hadn't they I, I thought there was no way. I was like, that defense is gonna regress back to what they are. Right. And and they're not. They're not. Right. They are so good. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. they're I think they are the cream of the crop. And 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 it all goes back to this. It all goes back to this. And I was just having this conversation with somebody else. Right. The Bengals sucked at the right time. Yep. The Cleveland Browns sucked two years in a row to get the number one pick and you got miles Garrett. Good. Great. Generational talent. He's going to set every Browns record there is to set. That's great. Mm -hmm. But the year they went for the quarterback, they, they drafted a quarterback in a year where there was no consensus. This is the guy. Yep. Hindsight is 2020. You can look at it and say, well, they should have taken Josh Allen. But when, when that draft in 2018 happened, Josh Allen was the wild card, right? He was the guy you didn't know shit about. You got Baker Mayfield. You got, uh, who is it, Josh Rosen. You got Sam Darnold. Yeah. All those guys were in that conversation for the top right. pick. Lamar Jackson winds up being one of the better ones of the bunch. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the year the Browns decide to go quarterback. Right. It's the year where there's no consensus. The, the, right. year, the Bengals had the easiest pick of all time. Right. And we couldn't get that. We, that, it makes, that makes me hate the Bengals more. That makes me now want to root against them even more. <laughs> well, it's a good reminder that in the NFL, like, being good is part of it, but being lucky as a team, building a team, being lucky is really a big part of it. And it's kind of sucks to think about, but you know, it, there it, was, it, yeah, go ahead. There was no consensus, Eric Evans. There was no consensus on Josh Allen. Josh Allen was the guy that played at Wyoming that was so wildly inaccurate in college. 
his college numbers wouldn't have even been great pro numbers because of his accuracy numbers. So don't do that. Right. Don't do that, Eric. He was not even close to consensus at that point. Or am I am I making that up? No, I'm not. No, no, that. no. That's good. That's good. I just uh, you're just beating the hell out of the comments. I you know, oh, I, I like the comments. It feels a little bit like punching down, but that's fine. <laughs> All right. All right, guy. All right, pal. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 hard to envision. When I'm watching these teams, Andrew. Yeah. When I'm watching even the Bills. And the Bills yeah. got smoked. The Bills, Bengals, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here going, right. how far away are we? Yeah. It, it yeah, feels sure. like miles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I can say is that, you know, these things can change in a year. You know, you look at a team like the Eagles last year who were were a good team, made the playoffs, but got run by the Buccaneers in the first round. Um, and then this year they're, you know, they look like one of the more unstoppable forces in the playoffs. It, it's hard to tell year to year who's going to be the teams that take the leap from, like, the, the good middle-of-the-pack teams, of which I think the Browns really were one this year, even though they were 7-10. and 10 and then make that leap into the next tier that that sort of you know i think this year there's six teams right the you know the four that are still remaining plus the cowboys were one of those teams and the bills were one of those teams and and that's the level the browns have to get to and it's you know you're talking about six out of 32 teams it's not easy and it's not like a lot of those teams are going to go away next year so you got to come and take it as well uh eric evans i'm going to keep hammering the comments he was the consensus best best athletic talent so is Jamarcus Russell, Eric. Like, so is Jamarcus Russell. Th- that has nothing to do with anything. Come on. That was there was no All consensus. Right. Leave there the no consensus. Out. No, you and me and Eric are gonna have a brawl. Okay. All right. But not really, because I appreciate Eric for being here. Uh so you brought up another point here, mm-hmm. and that was you brought up talking about getting out coached. Yeah, and we're talking about Zach Taylor. Yeah, we're talking about a Zach Taylor that for a while, we were all kind of making fun of. We were yeah. like, oh, that's not the right guy for that job. And Zach Taylor, but he got his quarterback. He got his wide receiver. The defense came around. So that makes me think of the Browns now again. Mm-hmm. Here we are in the AFC North, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. You got Mike Tomlin. Mm. You got John Legend. Harbaugh. You got Zach Legend. Taylor. And you got Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Where does Kevin Stefanski rank? I mean, it's hard to say this. Because I think for a long time, as you said, we always kind of said, well, you know, he's not fourth because Zach Taylor is, you know, kind of right. a, he, he was one of those guys that, that was the, he was that the year that everybody that had ever, you know, had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay got a job. He was one of those guys. Right. And yes. so the expectations were low and the first year, I mean, Burrow got hurt, but he wasn't good. And then, you know, the second year, obviously it, it, it starts slow and then turns around mid season. Even after last year, we were still saying, well, he's third. You can't put him ahead of Tomlin or Harbaugh, but he's definitely not as bad as Zach Taylor. And that, I think that's out the window. Because like you said, they their, their plan yesterday was better than the Bills' plan. And that's what coaching in the playoffs really comes comes down to, is who comes up with the better plan to win that specific game. They did it. So, um, you, you know, you've got two legends, basically, two guys that, you know, have a shot at going to the Hall of Fame in Harbaugh and Tomlin. And then you've got Zach Taylor, uh, who is really a contemporary of Kevin Stefanski in terms of being around yes. his age with his level of experience. And right now what he's doing with, you know, I mean, so so the coach is part of this. The other co- question is like, which ta- which roster has more talent? Which roster would you rather have? I think you make the argument that Zach Taylor's doing what he's doing with less talent than the Browns have on their roster potentially. 
so it's it, it it starts to get uncomfortable when you when you start looking to next year where the team and the coach rank in terms of the division. Now, I will say this. I agree with KB. He just threw a great comment. Uh, is it hard to coach Burrow and Chase? No, no, it's not. Right. It, no, right. it's not hard to coach Burrow, Chase, T. Higgins, the, that whole offense. That is not hard to coach. You are right. That's a great point. Yep. The problem, though, is at some point, results matter more than all the talking points. Right. That's why you. That's why you can't. John Harbaugh is so beyond reproach at this point. Right. Because of the results that he's had. Look right. at what that dude, look at what Harbaugh and 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 Mike Tomlin have done in the years where their teams were supposed to suck. Right. Look right. at this year for Harbaugh. His team's his team's in the playoffs. They almost beat the Bengals. Mm-hmm. What did they not have? Their quarterback. Right. Okay. Yep. How about how about Mike Tomlin? I, I the 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 one of the most hilarious conversations that happens every year. Is Steelers fans wanting to get rid of Mike Tomlin? Mm-hmm. Are you? They're all on drugs. Every Steelers fan is on drugs. All of them. They're all yeah. on drugs. Yeah. Yeah. To want yeah. to get rid of Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Who took a team that was supposed to be trash this year, and he took trash quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And there they were ahead of the Browns. Yeah. Well, I, and I see people in comments saying, you know, the the DC is really good in Cincinnati, and that's true. Lou Anarumo is good. And another example of better being lucky than good, he was like their third choice for defensive coordinator the year that Zach Taylor took over. He was not mm-hmm. Zach Taylor's first choice to be defensive coordinator. So you get lucky in that you end up drafting in a year where there's a consensus number one quarterback, a no-brainer number one quarterback, right? Like a generational number one It was the easiest pick of all time. And then you get double lucky that it just happens to turn out that the guy that is like your third choice for defensive coordinator turns out to be one of the best defensive minds in football? Right. So, yeah, so, from that perspective, it makes Zach Taylor's job look pretty easy, right? But I don't think that you can neglect the work that they did, the plan that they had. That Buffalo defense is good. And Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan had a plan that, I mean, think about how wide open their receivers were on those first two touchdown passes. That's oh coaching. Gosh. That's not oh my Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. That's just coaching, man. I think – I'm going to say this, and, and, and you may disagree with me, but – I think it's it's so very situational at this point. Sure. That I think I think if the Browns vision for where this is going, when they made the Deshaun Watson trade and when they've kind of built their team around what they've built it around, I think in two years we're talking about Kevin Stefanski as cream of the crop in the AFC North. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think it's very easy to look at these down years and go, oh, Kevin Stavansky, he's the reason, he's the reason, he's the reason. I think if Deshaun Watson pans out, I think this Cleveland Browns team is going to be much better next year, and I think we're talking about Kevin Stefanski as above and beyond what we're talking about with, with Zach Taylor and, and such. I think Kevin Stefanski is there. He's just got to, like, it has to come together. I think right. there's been, you might call it excuses, mm-hmm. but I think there's been a lot of bad luck for Kevin Stefanski. I think there's been a boatload of bad luck. Right. And I think I think it's there. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's the interesting thing about 2023 is that it is it is really effectively a referendum on that idea, right? Like That's um, it. Yeah. My, my I've kind of landed on the opposite side of the fence to you on this, as as you kind of mentioned, that I, I don't think I think he's a good offensive play caller. 
and I think because the Browns have been starved for that for so long, it makes him look like a genius. Um, but I, I think he's probably closer to like 10th to 12th best in the league rather than like top three or four. And I, my concern is that that's what's going to show up next year. But I understand your point, Mike. There's, there's been mitigating circumstances that have held him back from doing everything he wants to do. Well, there's no more, right? I mean, that's the, it. The, run, the runway is long. It's January. What is today? The 23rd. You've got, you're getting me fired up. You're getting me you fired like up. Eight here. months. I'm getting get fired back. up. You know, they've got to lock in every single piece of this. So when they hit the ground running week one, none of this slow start stuff either, by the way. It's not no, like this is it. see what we have in November. It's like, let's go week one and, and blow people off the board. And if they can't do it, then not only is the season sunk, but this, this edition of the Browns might be sunk. Like the stakes are very high, right? Nick Chubb is getting older. There are, there are some players on this team that are starting to leave their primes. And so where this goes next is a big question. No, listen, you got me fired up because you're right. 2023 is is the referendum on Kevin yep. Stefanski, and I yep. think he's going to nail it. I, I personally, I believe he nails it. Yeah, because you're all the way in. Yeah, all but all those mitigating factors, assuming there's health. Right. The, the, sure. the only thing that derails it is health at this of point. Course. Of course. The only thing that derails it is health. So right. assuming there's health, because you can't control health. But and and listen. We can all talk about, I don't think Baker Mayfield's very good at all anyways, but that that shoulder injury derailed that season two years ago. Absolutely. Just is what it is. Sure. Assuming health, it's all in place. It's right. all in place, but this right. is it. Right. This is it. If the Browns come out and go 500. Yeah. Or I guess nine and eight, even nine and right. eight. Right. Browns come out and go nine and eight and miss the playoffs next year. I'll be on board with the, I think Kevin's probably got to go. Yeah. I think he's probably got to go. Here's a question but, for you, Mike. Is do you is 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 uh is Kyle Shanahan the bar right now, offensive mind in the league? Is he like the the guy? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to say he is. Except for, I mean, like again, we talked about is are Joe Burrow and Jamar Jamar Chase tough to coach? Uh, and you can talk about Brock Purdy all you want, but is Christian McCaffrey and Debo yeah, Samuel loaded, sure. and George Kittle are sure. those guys tough to coach? No. No, you gotta get you gotta get a guy that can throw them the ball again. Look at Brock Purdy's numbers. Yeah, and while what he has done has been astonishing, he's right. throwing for like seven yards average per pass. Right, like oh, he, I know. Yeah. they're just getting the ball out of his hands, and yeah. things are happening. Right, but that's a credit to Kyle Shanahan. Right, like that he's calling the offense to be successful in what he has. I think yeah. Kevin Stefanski did that. Yeah. I, I was especially curious, in the Jacoby really Brissett era. What, who the guy is like, because you know Eric Evans, uh, our guy Eric uh, in chat mentions Andy Reid. I think those are kind of the two names, right? Is 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 Andy Reid and and Kyle Shanahan? Yes. In, term, in terms of like what when you think when when Stefanski hits this next level next year, is what is it, is it going to look like that? Is it going to look like the Shanahan and the Reid level type offenses? I don't know, but I don't know. I think in terms of moving the ball, yes. Okay. I think in yeah, terms yeah, not of, in terms of scheme, but I just mean in terms of results. I think in yes, that's a great way to put it. I think in terms of results, yeah. I think Kevin Stefanski is right there. Okay. I believe that. Okay. And and I believe again, I think mitigating circumstance, it always sounds when you want to when you want to really break it down, it sounds like you're making excuses. And I'm not making excuses, but when you really break it down, when you're gonna give me Kevin Stefanski a full off season. Whatever additions they make, KB said it here in the comments. Do they have the weapons? They've got to add right. some weapons. They have yeah. to. 
Right. And it's important but to mention the, you the Andrew me, Barry component here too, right? Like he, you it's give not me just a, Kevin that's on the hot seat. Andrew is too. Go ahead. But you give me a full off season. Yeah. But listen, even with the weapons they have, even with the weapons they have, you give me an off season of Deshaun Watson knowing that he's starting week one and Kevin Stefanski being able to plan an offense around that. Right. You give me Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson, whoever else they bring in at or running back because they're going to have to figure out some running back holes. You're yep. going to have to figure out a couple wide receiver holes. But you had DPJ. Think of what they've done with Donovan Peoples-Jones, a six-round pick. Yeah. Spectacular. You've got Amari Cooper out there. you got David Njoku. You give me an offseason of putting that offense week one ready to go. I think Kevin Stefanski's right up. I, I think he's going to show you. He's right up there. I think he's going to show okay. you. I, and I think, I, and I think I mean, what's going to make my job a lot easier. <laughs> but I think what they're also going to show you this year, Andrew, is the Jim Schwartz hire. Yeah. I think they're going to show you what it's going to look like when you bring in a guy that's ready to just take over that side of the ball. Mm -hmm. and, and like, I can't say enough about that hire. I can't yeah. say enough about that hire. And he wasn't my first choice. I like Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. I did like Brian Flores. But I, in my opinion, it was Flores, it was Schwartz, uh, uh, it was May I, I like Mayo. If you're going to bring in the young guy, Mayo was the guy I wanted. I didn't really love Sean Desai, but you get one of those three guys. I was going to be real happy. Yeah, and you, they did. You brought in this guy that has head coaching experience. Mm -hmm. That Bill Callahan. You've got these guys that are now. It's it's just this room full of these minds that are really great. And I think they're going to put it together. I think they're putting it together. Like I said, I, I it will it it is a referendum year, and and you know I, Philly was saying it in chat. It's it's about Barry too because they've got to stock the cupboard a little bit more because there are there there are holes on the team, so they got to they got to fix some issues in the offseason, and then Stefanski's got to coach them up. What he does with this offense, what the offense looks like, and the heights that it can reach, is the crucial question of twenty twenty three. And and there's just no way of knowing until you see it on the field when when it counts. And and I think Evan Joseph makes a good point in the comments. It was a it was a vanilla offense, especially those last few weeks. It was yeah. very vanilla. It's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be vanilla next year. I think I think they were really trying to deliberately work Deshaun Watson back into it, and then it's go time. And I, I'm excited to see. And again, I think you're going to see some names. I, I, we did our we did our four mocks uh, yeah. this this week, right? Yeah. And my my second pick, because he was on the board, I don't think he's going to make it that far, but he was on the board, was, and I know I know it's a homer pick. It was a homer pick. But I took Devin A-Chain out of Texas A&M. And he's a running back. And people were like, oh, my God, how could you take a running back? Well, well you're losing Kareem Hunt. You're losing Dearness Johnson. you got to have some – you got to get home run hitters everywhere you can get them. That dude's a home run hitter. Yeah. I think they're going to be looking for home run hitters this, this offseason. Agreed. Like I, I think this is the off season of the home run hitter. Yeah, load it up. I'm excited. I'm excited. Mike's excited. I'm ready. Now, having said this, we've had uh, Andrew and I have had some arguments over this, and I want to bring it here. I want to bring it here. I'm so ready. a report came out. Uh, I think it was Mary Kay that had a report, uh, <laughs> and she's since backtracked. So this uh, this loses a lot of its juice. It does. It does. But we'll but do it anyway. Defensive position coaches. So now you've got Jim Schwartz that's come in. And you've got to imagine that through the process, they've said, all right, Jim, you are our defensive guru. You're our defensive coordinator. 
you put together your staff, let's go, right? Yep. And there was a report that came out that said, well, some of these Brown staffers on defense are going to stay. Some of these guys have been told that they're Mike Prefer, first of all, not defense, but special teams. Right. Yeah, he's Mike, not going anywhere. Mike Prefer is not going anywhere. Howard got told he's not going anywhere. That's the guy that said, we don't know which Bengals receivers to cover. Right. <laughs> like, we don't right. know how to do that. Right. Once you make a play and you can't change it. Yeah. You and I, here's the argument that Andrew and I had. In my opinion, you let Jim Schwartz pick his staff. And if that means there's guys on this staff that he feels confident that can coach well under his system that maybe weren't in the right system before, you let him keep those guys, even if you hated him. Even if you hated Howard for what he said and for how his defensive backs played. Even if you hated him. If Jim Schwartz comes in and says, no, I want him because he was running the wrong scheme and he's going to run the right scheme under me, you let him keep it. Andrew, I feel like you got to a point where you're like, get rid of these guys. Like, I don't give a shit what Jim Schwartz says. <laughs> get rid of them. Well, I think I think my point is essentially whether Jim Schwartz likes them or not, they've proven that they're not good coaches. And so, you know, this this is this goes beyond Schwartz. I mean, the part of the report was that Stefanski has the final say, right? It's his staff. It's not Jim Schwartz's staff. It's Kevin Stefanski's staff. So if Kevin Stefanski has the final say, he's watched Jeff Howard coached DBs for three years. He watched a parade of mediocre wide receivers sashay into the end zone this year on blown coverage after blown coverage. Jeff Howard is the DBs coach and the pass game coordinator. And then after all of that, he sits down with the media at the end of the season or, you know, after the Bengals game and says, it's very hard to keep track of who's on the field. You cannot, you can't believe how hard it is. They don't have numbers on the jerseys or names or anything. We just, we're guessing out there. So we couldn't adjust our plan because we didn't know which wide receivers were playing. That's, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's the, the gist of what he said. That guy has shown in his actions that he's not qualified. So Jim Schwartz's opinion doesn't matter. Oh, see, I, I'm so on the other opposite side of this with you. Again, for three years, under Joe Woods, maybe Jeff Howard's uh, abilities have not been on full display, even though I think a couple of years ago they were. But under Joe Woods, maybe Jeff Howard's uh, uh, full potential wasn't on display. But again, I think a lot of this comes from above. And again, if Jim Schwartz walks in here and says, I've seen what he's done with the Vikings. I've seen mm -hmm. what he's done before. In his coaching career, I've seen... The potential. I know this guy. I understand. Right. Or, 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 or Kiffin, sure. Who a lot of people slammed late in the year for the comments on Jadavion. And, and if Jim Schwartz comes in and says, "I've worked with him before. I know that guy, and I know he is better under my system than he was under Joe Woods's system," then, to me, if I'm if I am Jim Schwartz, and you've just hired me to be your defensive coordinator. Yeah. You've hired me to save this bullshit defense. Mm -hmm. This awful, terrible defense that has lost you game after game after game. You've hired me to be the guy that's going to save this. And I come in here. I come in. I'm a former coach. I'm a former head coach. I'm a former yeah. defensive coordinator. I'm a former everything. I have succeeded all over the place in this league. I come in and say, no, that guy's a great coach. And he was placed in a bullshit situation where he was set up to fail and his situation failed him. He didn't fail his situation. You're going to come at me 
and say, you're going to come at me and say, well, no, we don't like him. Get rid of him. No, that is, that is detrimental to your relationship from the beginning. That's my point. That has been my point since we've started arguing this. It's that detrimental nature of the relationship. What's Kevin Stepanski going to go to Jim Schwartz and say, no, you can't keep your coaches. Cool. Then we're going to have, we're going to have hard knocks again, where coaches are button heads at the table. And, and Kevin Stepanski is going to be talking about driving a bus. And Jim Schwartz is going to be rolling his eyes out of the back of the head. And they're not going to be on the same page. You've got to give this guy his leash. Jim Schwartz is worthy of a leash. Give him his leash. If he hangs himself with it, that's it's going to take the whole thing down. But right. you got to give it to whole, him. Because, that's kind of the whole point, right? Yeah, you but, can't but, afford to make a mistake. But you've got to let him make the mistake because that's why you had to bring him in. You had yeah. to bring him in to let him make his mistake. The, the, th- the thing about this is that the the results are the results. The potential of who Jeff Howard might be as a coach is theoretical. The What he has put on tape over the past three years is his resume, and it hasn't been good enough. That It really is as simple as that. I was just going to throw this comment on the screen. I mean, I, I, I don't see a lot of development there. I mean, Martin Emerson has had a good year. Greg Newsom was worse this year than last year. Uh, MJ Stewart has not been with the team. I, you know, I, I mean, AJ Green was not great this year. He barely played. I, I don't. I don't see. If anything, I see underachievement. I mean, uh, no, well, where was no, I, no, this year? no. What I see is what I see is guys failing in a system. I don't see guys failing at their particular jobs. I see guys failing within a system. The failures we've seen from the defensive backs have been from the system. You're saying the system was designed to leave these receivers uncovered? Not designed. No, no Andrew, you dumbass. Okay, so if it wasn't designed to leave them uncovered, then it's the fault of the players not doing their job, not understanding no. how to do their job, which is what coaching is. Coaching is teaching these kids how to play football, how to play yeah, in the scheme. And I, the I'm going to shut up. No, I've talked too much. You you make your point. You make your point. No, that's, I, that's all I had to say. I, my point's simple to make because it's right. You you have to talk a lot because your argument is more convoluted. Execution of the system was poor. Right. That's yeah. Exactly. That's well, no. I'm saying that's that's a that's a point that you're trying to make. Yeah. Exactly. But I disagree. I disagree. I think the system let these guys down. I think you were. What have we talked about, Andrew? What have we talked about for 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 the last two years? These guys are being asked to play positions that they're not best at. These guys are being put in positions that they're not best at. You, the guys are telling you this. How many yeah, times I is mean, Greg Newsom going to talk about no, it? How I many know, times is Greg Newsom going to be like? Is a, I mean, I think we all agree, and that's bad, like top to bottom. I think that's on everybody. I don't think that's just on Jeff Howard or Joe Woods. I think that's on Kevin and Andrew and everybody. But no, but I think it's you're trying to play. You're trying to play. Grant Delpit as a free safety. He's not right. a free safety. You're trying to play Greg Newsom as a slot receiver. He's not a slot or a, a slot uh, corner. He's not a slot corner. You and he can be at times, but you. For me, it's all system, and so that starts with Joe Woods. That starts with the guy that is is responsible for implementing the system and his coaches. Think of this, Andrew. Go to your job. Go to your job, right? 
I, I mean, I'd rather not job. right now, Mike, but I've, if I, if you have, yeah. But I'm going to go to my job. I'll go to my job. Okay. Yeah, go to your I, job. I am, I'm a thousand people down on the totem pole at my job. I'm a thousand, I work for a major corporation. It'd be like saying, well, I should have been able to go to my manager. My manager's the guy th- th- that caused me to screw up. My mm-hmm. direct report's the guy that caused me to screw up. Not the system. Like, systemically, it was it was so from the top. And you could see it with the Browns. Systemically, it came from the top. And so to, to act like uh, Jeff Howard. Jeff Howard was trying to figure out how to coach under a defensive coordinator that was failing. Okay. Kiffin, Chris Kiffin was trying to coach under a defensive coordinator that was failing. Yeah, I, I guess I just hard to coach I, under that. I I I think trying to I think trying to get that granular about who's responsible for what is is really hard to do, being outside of the building, and you know as as a result, yeah. <laughs> I love you, Paul. <laughs> At least he's never personal, right? It's nice that he's never personal about it. David um, just wants us to fight. Yeah. Uh, I I think I think because it's hard to separate that out, you have to look at the results of how the defense played. And I don't think you can say that the bad stuff was Joe Woods' fault and the good stuff was is to Jeff Howard's credit. I just don't think it works that way. I think no, it's I a think that... if if look, let me put it this way. If, even That's if Jeff fair. Howard can be an average defensive backs coach in this league. It's a definitely a throw the baby out with the bathwater situation. Like part of the reason you hire Jim Schwartz is that he's been in the league doing this for 20 years. If he doesn't have the name of a defensive backs coach that's better than Jeff Howard, I would be shocked. There but are maybe the name is Jeff Howard because he's here. Yeah. When, maybe the name is Woods, Jeff Howard. When Woods was no, when Woods was hired, it was like the end of January three years ago. All of the good coaches have been taken up. The position coaches that the Browns have right now are not experienced at their job at the NFL level. They can improve at every one of those spots, and they should. Uh, maybe. But again, but again, the thing that, that you're not – like the argument that you and I have had over and over again that drives me crazy is unless, unless Jim Schwartz says, that is the guy. I want that guy. He is he, – in my opinion, he is – he is – as good as anybody that we're going to get out there. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're not going to get people and you can't attract people. That means he wants him. No, I, I hear you, Mike. I, I, we haven't resolved this one. Unfortunately, I think we're just going to keep disagreeing. So we no, might I have to just it's fine. It's I won. It's fine. It's all oh, good. okay. I mean, it does uh, seem like chat mostly agrees with you. So that's fine. I'll take the L real quick. I do want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs, man. There's been some, it's been some wild shit. I was at a bar, so I'm here. I'm in Miami, Florida for the next two weeks of my life, nice. which is beautiful while the snow falls in Ohio. Uh, I was at a bar last night uh, at a restaurant. One side of the bar was 49ers fans. One side of the bar was Cowboys fans. That was one of the most fun times I've had ever. That game, the conversation that comes out of that game, is, it is centered around Dak Prescott. Yeah. Are the Cowboys ever going to be any good with Dak Prescott? I mean, besides what they've been, are they just going to be what they've been? Mm, That's a good question. All right, Eric. Eric. Yes, I was in a bar. (laughs) Yes, I was. Thank you, Eric. Honestly, I I mean, good for good for you, Eric. Way to get one in there. I I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, 
you know, I I know that Dak Prescott didn't play well last night, but my my feeling on watching that game was that you know that there was a lot that the Cowboys could have done better as a team. I don't think that it all fell yes. on his shoulders. Um, and I and I think you know one of the things that I've said since Mike McCarthy's been the coach down there is that that he he is he is one of the ultimate uh, low ceiling coaches in the history of the NFL. The floor might be high because he knows how to do it, but you are, I don't. I truly don't believe, without an extraordinary effort by everybody else, that you're going to win a Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy as head coach because he's just too sloppy. He leaves too much on the field every game, and it's just, it's it's just kind of part of who he is. And so and you know, we saw that, that for, years, for years, years, and now we're seeing it years. Else. Yes, it's it's interesting to me because I like the Cowboys are going to have to they're going to have to change things, aren't they? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna have Ezekiel Elliott next year. You're right. you're you're trying to build up your defense, which you've done well. I mean, Micah Parsons is one of the best players in the NFL. Uh, things are gonna look different for the Cowboys. They're gonna have to kind of evaluate their their process and the and the way they move forward. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting because they they had a good year, and I mean, I think the 49ers, I mean are as good a team as the Eagles, certainly. Um, so, you know, uh, I mean, by, by DVOA, for example, the 49ers are the best team in the league. So um, when you lose to that team at, in their stadium, you know, by seven points, when you had the ball with a chance to tie, do you do you blow things up? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you could certainly make an argument as a Dallas fan for running this all back one more time. Certainly if Browns fans can make an argument for running it back with, with the team that they put together that went out and won okay. seven and ten. Certainly, with the, the Cowboys can that, make it with argument. a quarterback that played what five games, uh, six. And I, I, I think okay, you know all right, that's not a fair comparison. That's I mean, not a fair comparison. That played better than Deshaun Watson. <laughs> it's not a fair compare. Okay, okay, well, you know what? Put Dak out for the next two years, and then give him six games to prove it. And I bet he he looks pretty terrible too. I look, yeah, I, bet he looks I mean, I, yeah, we don't need to relitigate the Brown season. The, the point is, is that I, I think that there's plenty of reasons for the Cowboys to run it back if that's what they want to do. And it sounds like, you know, from Jerry Jones's comments after the game, that that's what he's planning on doing. One of my favorite things that happened from this last weekend is, is that somebody on TikTok went to uh, tailgates uh, in Philly and they only interviewed Giants fans. And they <laughs> asked Giants fans, who would you rather take, Daniel Jones or Jalen Hurts, and every last one of them said Daniel Jones. Every, yeah. last, every right. last one. Of, listen, man, that would be like coming to Cleveland. Listen, I am so hopeful for Deshaun Watson. I'm so hopeful, but that would be like coming to Cleveland and be like, who would you rather have, Joe Burrow or Deshaun Watson? Yeah, man, exactly. I'm a Browns fan. D- right. Joe Burrow, all day, every yeah. day, right? Twice on Tuesdays. Yeah, or like, yeah. Would you how, how many Patrick how many or Deshaun Watson? Right. What are these people yeah. talking about? The Philadelphia Eagles absolutely dominated, dominated yeah. the New yeah. York Giants. Yeah. Hey, that reminds me when you when we were talking about the Bills uh, Bengals game earlier, I was going to ask you this. At what point during these games do you turn them off? Or are you one of these people that like you're going to see it through no matter how a, a lopsided the score is? It's not that, but I'll do things while the game's on. Like gotcha. I don't necessarily turn them off because. Yeah. Listen, when, when <laughs> in my house with a five-year-old and a one-year-old, when sports get turned off, yeah, it goes to cartoons. Right. <laughs> like, right. like I gotta sure. hold strong. I gotta keep that sure. game on. 
Right. Uh, yeah. Like literally if football is being played, it's preferable to whatever it's, else. Would it's be gotta on be on. Yeah. I can't, yeah, gotcha. I have watched Moana 7,426 times and yeah. I love the movie. It's a great yeah. movie, yeah. but man, give me football for a minute. Right. Give me football for a minute, right. please. Yeah. Dak over Moana every day of the week. Yeah, man. I'll take that. I'll tell you this. I want to know your thoughts. I'll give you my thoughts. I want to know your thoughts. Philly, San Francisco. That's the matchup we've got this upcoming weekend. Yeah. That's the NFC Championship. What are yeah. your thoughts on that game? I was skeptical of Philly just because we hadn't really seen it like in the playoff environment. And then we saw it. We really saw <laughs> quite a lot of it all at once. Um, and I think, I mean, I think, you know, it's going to be tough for Brock Purdy to go across the country. Uh, very hostile road environment in Philadelphia. That's a new experience for him that he hasn't really had to navigate. In, you know, in, I mean, he obviously uh, two home games so far in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I, I'm I'm leaning Eagles at this early juncture. But I think the thing with the 49ers that you have to acknowledge is they have so much talent that, you know, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, any one of those guys can take one to the house and it just absolutely changes the entire course of the game. And so there's that. I've been waiting for I've been waiting for the game that Brock Purdy is gonna he's Brock Purdy's gonna run into some tough games. It has to happen, right? Every quarterback does. Tom right. Brady has had some terrible games, right? In his prime, yeah. Peyton Manning had terrible games in his prime. Brock Purdy's gonna run into one of these games. I think this is the game. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles are superior. I don't offensively the weapons. Yeah. I don't think there's a team in the NFL that matches the weapons of the 49ers. Right. Frankly, I don't think it's even close. I don't think there's a team that's even close to matching the weapons mm-hmm. of the 49ers. But I think Brock Purdy runs into the the defense. He struggled with the, the Cowboys defense. Yeah. The Eagles defense is much better than the Cowboys mm-hmm. defense. And I think Jalen Hurts, I think A.J. Brown, even though he's pouting. What the, okay, first of all, okay. All right, all right, let's go to that game. What's A.J. Brown doing? What's AJ Brown doing? Pouting. You've just beat a team by a thousand. Yeah. A divisional team to go to the NFC championship. AJ Brown is on the bench yelling at his coaches and pouting. What's he doing? What's he doing? I mean, I think it's kind of one of those things at this point that to be that level of great as a wide receiver, you have to have that in you. It seems like, right? I mean, Amari Cooper is the exception that proves the rule, right? But all of these guys... I mean, what about Stefan Diggs yesterday, right? I mean, yeah, I know that's, that's a loss, but same thing, right? I mean, that's it's just it seems like it's hard coded into these guys that if it doesn't go the way they want it to go, win or loss, oh. that's more important than the team. I mean, I agree with you, Mike. I'm not thrilled about it, but like it doesn't seem like it's changing. Obnoxious, obnoxious. So the Eagles, Niners, to me, to me, yeah. Uh, I, I think I think the Eagles defense is going yeah. to very much uh, I, here's the thing i will give i got to give christian mccaffrey credit i've never been a big christian mccaffrey believer i think right. he's always been a really good player on a kind of a bad team mm-hmm. and frankly he's the guy that it's easy to get the ball into his hands right. right he you hand it off to him you pitch it out to him you throw him short passes and yeah he's pretty good i'm just not a big believer He's been way better in San Francisco than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. But I just, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to go in and beat Philadelphia. I think Philly's got this. It's a lot to ask. All the way. It's a lot to ask. I think it's, yep. they got it all the way. Uh, so, uh, Andrew's Super Bowl prediction. Ooh, Who's it going to be? Uh, Which two teams? 
I get from from here based on what I've said tonight. I guess I'm saying uh, Bengals, Eagles. I think I'm going to go Chiefs, Eagles. Okay. I first of all, Patrick Mahomes. That's tough. A high ankle sprain. If if this would have happened to Patrick Mahomes in week four, he'd be out at least four weeks. Yeah, and it, and and it's worth talking about how nuts it was that he just decided to continue playing, and for parts of that game was unable to even stand on his right foot. That, yeah. Like, from from a coaching perspective, that risk seems almost unimaginable to me. Like, I mean, we don't we I don't I don't know a ton about the ankle joint. I don't know if you can like make a sprain worse or anything like that, but like. What are we doing? You know, I mean, like he handed the ball off twice and then threw an incomplete pass. Chad Henney could have done that. Yeah, but I, you're at this point of the year, and 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 unfortunately, you know, we can talk about long term effects. I don't, you, I don't think there's long term effects. I think there's effects that could matter next year, right? But I don't think there's anything he could do that affect him like for the next ten years of his career, right? No, I meant like it would Patrick, make it worse for this coming week. Yeah, I think when your quarterback Patrick Mahomes comes in and says, "I'm playing." Leave me alone. You're going to let him play. That is what it is. I mean, obviously, it's not a concussion. Did, yeah. It's not a brain injury. It's right. not something you have to worry about in that regard. You're going to let him play. Yeah. I, I personally, a bit of a Mayfield flashback too, right? Where it's just like I'm going to go out there and do it, and you just got to. Well, that's it. that's what the Browns did with him for a exactly. year. They did it for right. a full year. Right. Personally, I think uh, you know Ray saying the Chiefs' defense is terrible. Ray saying the Bengals will march down the field every time. Personally, I think uh, I think the Chiefs are pissed. They've lost to the Bengals three straight times. Uh, Revenge game. And, and two of those games really meant something, mm-hmm. uh, including the playoffs last year. I, I, Pat, to me, the, the, the Chiefs are like the forgotten team in the NFL this year. For sure. Like, they've just been good forever, so they're just going to be good. I think they're forgotten. I think people are sleeping on them. I think, I think the Chiefs are going think, to – I think they are pissed. I think the Bengals are going to feel it. It really just comes down to how healthy Mahomes is, right? Like, if he's able to do 80, 90% of Mahomes' stuff, then they'll win, I think. I will say this, though. I saw somebody online. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Andrew. I don't remember who it was. Somebody online talked about, uh, you know, the Bengals, like their big motto was refund the tickets. Right. Because all the Bills fans were talking about when they bought tickets to Atlanta to go to the right. AFC Championship game, refund the tickets. Somebody online was like, that's so lame. It's so lame that they're they're worried about like uh, ticket sales or whatever. I th- I thought it was great. I love that motivation. Whatever I love that takes. motivation. Whatever it takes. You remember when the Browns beat the Steelers? They were quoting Juju Smith Schuster saying the Browns is the Browns, right? And that was like that was their whole Corvette. Corvette. Exactly. Like that was their whole thing. It's like whatever it takes for these guys to get out there and do what it takes to win one of these games. I'm fine. Whatever whatever stupid motivation is necessary. Go for it, guys. All right, Andrew, before we get out of here, uh, you came up with one last topic. And sometimes we're not going to talk football. Yeah. Sometimes we're going to talk about other stuff. There was a wild thing that happened this week. Yeah. A wild, maybe one of the wildest things I've seen in sports. And this does incorporate a little bit of football. One of the, maybe in my opinion, a top three tight end of all time. Shannon Sharp. Goes to a basketball game this yep. week. Perfectly normal way to spend your evening. <laughs> and and literally, and literally tries to fight the entire Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> yes. 
and their dads. The yeah. Grizzlies and their yeah. dads. Yeah. Yep. The Grizzlies and their dads. There he is. There's the TV personality. First of all, I love Shannon Sharp. I love Shannon Sharp. I love his sweater. I love. Oh, that's a nice sweater. Is it denim? It looks denim. It might not. No, be it's denim. it's kind of it like a. Denim. It's like a. It's like a multi-thread. Okay. Yeah, it's like yeah. I didn't it's know like we got different patterns. I love. It's a better Sharp. picture than that, but it's a very nice sweater. The I believe Shannon Sharp carries the show with Skip Bayless because nobody likes him. Yes, yeah, Skip uh, is a vampire. I I like Shannon Sharp. I believe Shannon Sharp would kick every one of the dudes' asses on the Grizzlies. Sure. <laughs> like sure. I believe he would have beat all their asses right. and their dads. Like, Every NFL player is tough, tougher than any NBA player, right? I mean, basically. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. There's like, I, I think LeBron could probably seems... beat up Justin Tucker. Well, I, I didn't think we were going to go right to kickers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, uh, Bohorquez would really struggle <laughs> with. Uh, well, with don't Jared forget Allen. about the Scottish Hammer. Well, he. Eh, eh, eh. No, no, no. Uh, I, I, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Shannon and Shannon obviously was motivated here. Somebody said something, right? I mean, that's always the thing with these things is you never know what somebody said, right? Well, but that's the thing. And, 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 and this was kind of your question when you posed this as far as what we're going to talk about tonight is this stuff gets personal. Yeah. Right. Shannon Sharp's job is to talk about sports. Like it's, like it's, it's our job on shows like this tonight. Yeah. Yeah, to yeah, give yeah. our opinions on things, and Shannon Sharp, right, made some opinions. Yeah, he sure did on the Grizzlies, and he talked about them. And the Grizzlies come to L.A., and Shannon Sharp sitting in the front row, and the Grizzlies obviously had open ears, mm-hmm. and they started playing well for a minute. And every time they hit a shot, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. You know Draymond's taking two nut, nut shots on yeah, Cade yeah, York, yeah. and he's yeah. climbing it's out of that cage. Right, exactly. Climbing yeah, out of that cage. He's getting DQ'd easy. Uh, yeah. They uh, to, were, me, the, yes. to, me, to me, Andrew, to me, the Grizzlies are totally in the wrong here. Yeah. Shannon Sharp's job is to go on ESPN and, and be entertaining, but right. kind of controversial, and right. say his opinion. And, and, and if you're going to see him in the front row – and just be jabbing nonstop, blah, 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 blah. And the Grizzlies were. If they got, they even got LeBron riled up. Yeah. They got LeBron pissed off in that game. If you're just going to be jabbing nonstop because your feelings got hurt because of something Shannon Sharp said, then go at him. But he he will he will destroy you. <laughs> Shit, I would have loved to see Shannon Sharp go at Joss' dad. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think the, the Grizzlies look so bad in this. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think the whole thing's interesting from the standpoint that, you know, it it this sort of stuff becomes its own content, right? So, like, the 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 part of this that's interesting to me is that, I mean, the the analogy, right, is that if we got if we wrote a, an article that was critical of Jed Wills, for example, right, and we were Never done that. personal, and he took offense to that, and then he came after us, and then we spent the next two weeks posting articles talking about jed and his reaction and how mad he got and all of this stuff and on the shows we're talking about how he was wrong to do it and everything it becomes its own content machine right and and so at a certain point you just kind of have to step back and say like are we just getting worked like how i mean how my question is basically how close are professional sports the reputable ones from kind of going full wwe here right 
it, it feels like all of this stuff is essentially manufactured for our entertainment. What well, is? I mean, it right. is. Uh, it's not like the NBA is mad about this. No, exactly. The NBA is mad when when the when the Indiana Pacers are brawling with fans in Detroit. They're mad about that. That can't happen. But like this, the NBA is sitting back. Adam Silver sitting back watching this. Like, oh, right. Let's go, Shannon right. Sharp. Let's piss right. off more of our team. Uh, I just think, as a as an athlete, just like Shannon Sharp. You gotta, you gotta let, you gotta let the talking heads say what they're gonna say. Sure, it's not personal; it's their job. Right. So if Shannon Sharp has some some negative things to say about the Grizzlies, especially some of these guys, man, some of these guys are just over the top confident. The Grizzlies are way over the. Desmond Bain has no right to be as confident as he is. <laughs> no right. That would be like me, my fat ass, going into the bar and being like, "I'm gonna pick up a bunch of chicks tonight." That's Desmond Bain. That's what he does. Yeah. He has no right to be his that big ass over the shoulder, like works out too hard, dude. Is not all that great. John Morant can be, he can be, he can be mm. confident. He can yeah. be confident. But like, man, you you cannot be, you can't be, you can't have such bunny ears on that you're waiting to hear what Shannon Sharp says about right. you yeah. and then trying to fight him during a game. Yeah. No, I agree. What are you with doing? You. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it just feels to me like as athletes are more and more online and more and more online people talk about athletes, this is just going to keep happening more and more. Right. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. like, it is what it is. It is what it is. No, I'm not complaining. That's, I'm that's making the, the observation and it's just going to continue to blur the lines between sports and entertainment because it all kind of is the same thing eventually and pretty soon we are gonna have pretty soon we are gonna have the grizzlies and the lakers in a steel cage let's yeah, go <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> yeah a grizzly bear I would, bear I, would watch, a lake. I would have i would watch every minute of that speaking yeah. of that we uh the garage beers podcast has been talking to, to an all-time great wrestler al snow we're talking about having him back on the podcast there you go listen unscripted uh we're gonna have a lot of just random conversations like this just, and we're yeah, gonna work it out as we go we're going to work it out as we go. And sometimes Andrew and I are going to agree on things. Sometimes we're going to disagree on things, yep. but very often we're just going to have kind of entertaining conversations. And that's what we envisioned for unscripted. Yep. I will say you guys in the comments were phenomenal tonight. Absolutely. Like there, there were a bunch of comments that I wanted to go back to, but I like, it's going to take me too long to scroll. Yeah. Like it's, yep. it, I can't, I can't get back to it. Yeah. I love what you guys did. This show is going to just kind of take its own life and kind of evolve into what it is. Uh, but I I'll tell you what, uh, in the conversations that I've had with Andrew over the last year and a half, year, year, about a year. Yeah, let's, yeah call it a year. Uh, uh, I I'm so excited to where this is going to go. Uh, yeah. Unscripted. Again, we're going to talk about the Browns. We're going to talk about everything else. Uh, we're going to have a great time. We, we are so glad you joined us for the first ever episode. It's only going to get better uh, from here, uh, listen. The rest of the shows on the OBR are going to look great. Uh, we've got we've got Jake Burns is going to break down some film tomorrow. He's going to do Chalk Talk tomorrow, uh, breaking down some film. We got Garage Beers tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Don't miss that. We got OBR Weekly on Wednesday. Are we doing something Thursday, Andrew? We are. We are. Jake and I are going to do a show. You and Jake are going to do something on Thursday. Yeah. We're going to do we're going to do kind of an around the NFL look with a little bit more of like a. Uh... We're, I think we're calling it franchise mode. We're going to look at like 
get a little more in depth on like what the what the teams are trying to do. Strategic. I love that. I love yeah. that franchise mode. I love the name of yeah, that. Yeah, we're gonna nerd out a little bit. And shout out. Listen, I want to give a couple shout outs. One, Ian McBride for always yes. being in the background. Always. You don't see Ian very much anymore. Dude is always in the background helping us always. get these shows, making us look good, being awesome. Uh and 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 I've got to give a shout out to, to our buddy Seth. Uh, mm-hmm. you know him online at, at Wreck This League. Uh, he does all of our graphics, all of our everything. We went, Andrew and I went to Seth about a week and a half ago, and we were like, this is our concept for a show. He comes up with the greatest logo ever, unscripted. Yeah, we come up with a title. Seth is the absolute best. Yeah. Shout out to him. He really uh, is. But make sure what's that? He really is. Thank you. Yeah, he's awesome. Make sure you stay tuned. Uh, to the OBR all off season. Make sure you're tuned into the website uh, for all the best written content. Make sure you're subscribed, whether it's Twitch or YouTube uh, to the OBR for the entire off season. Uh, we're going to have a great time all off season, getting ready for whatever the Browns are going to do. And here on Monday nights, we're going to probably argue about it. Can't well, wait. We're going to have a good time. So anyways, thank you all for being tuned into the first episode of unscripted. Go follow Andrew Spade online at Andrew Spade. Follow me at garage Pierce, Mike. And, uh, Hey, until next Monday, we'll see you later. Cheers, everybody.